Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to the Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm doing well, Eric. It's um, middle of winter, getting cold, but um, that's what we live here for, right? So yes, the Midwest. But it's 2021. That's the beauty, uh, exactly right. We can't complain about that. I know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know that a whole lot has changed, but uh, at least the number did. So that's <laughs> exactly. that's good, right? right so, yep. All right. All right. So what are we talking about today? Well, you know. We always plan with our clients. We focus on investment planning, advanced planning, relationship management, you know, but really um, people recently as a result of COVID um, and just in general, just because I'm getting older and my clients seem to be getting older, uh, they're asking me more about retirement and we talk more about work optional. So today, you know, one of the common questions I'm getting recently is retiring early, early being, you know, before the traditional age 65 or whatever. So I thought we'd cover that. Um, we have a checklist we go through with clients, and um, I just thought we'd kind of cover that um, in general and t tell us a few stories about uh, recent client interactions I've had. Yeah, I would love that. Uh, I, that's kind of a, I don't know if I'll ever retire. I mean, I love what I do. I love the people that I work with. I know you and I have both had that discussion, but at the same time, if I could do more work from a beach or a boat. Uh, exactly. Meh. Maybe that, maybe that would be the idea. So, no, I, I love this. Let's go. Yeah, and so you, you were with me, you know, when we did this podcast recently um, where I covered, you know, your professional decline. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of an odd topic, but it's related because, um, you know, decline's inevitable. Uh, it, it usually occurs a lot earlier than people think. And retirement's, I guess, kind of inevitable. The alternative is not you know, enviable, but yeah. <laughs> uh, in a perfect world, we're going to all retire at some point. And I'm finding more and more people, you know, are having to look at that decision now, you know, uh, do I, as a result of COVID or as a result of changes or just, you know, reevaluating how you want to live your life or set your priorities post COVID, mm -hmm. um, people are looking at the decision or they're asking me more about it. And what I say, what I tell them is that, you know, it is inevitable and, and we can plan for it. It doesn't have to be miserable, you know, it, uh, but we, you know, there's a theme that I've talked about in all the podcasts and I talk with all my clients about, I talk with my family, kids about is, you know, always working on creating this parallel path. And the parallel path is so that if I do want to get off the, this escalator, if I do want to change jobs or retire early or retire at some point in time, that I'm prepared for it, not just financially, but emotionally. So really, a lot of the things we're talking about today are, you know, planning for that inevitable um, and, and hopefully creating that parallel path. And and by doing that, what are some of the things you need to focus on in order to make that happen? So, Tim, it sounds like there's quite a bit to consider, obviously. I mean, there's a lot of things to, to take into consideration. Where do we even start this topic? Yeah. And, you know, just to give you a brief kind of an, an example of uh, some of the questions I'm going through, you know, I read actually read yesterday that 110,000 you know, restaurants across the country have closed permanently. Oh my gosh. And so if you think about that, it's not just, 
at the restaurant, the workers, the vendors, you know, food suppliers, um, you know, the, the people who just support that industry or, you know, the business ancillary businesses around it. You know, we, we went downtown Chicago this past weekend uh, to see my brother and his wife. And, you know, it, it was good to see that there was a lot more activity, but there's just still a lot of um, boarded up. There's still a lot of things not happening. And, you know, and then even locally, I have a half a dozen clients who own restaurants. And, you know, I met with one of them about a month ago just to kind of check in, see how things are going. And what I think he, he told me and what I'm seeing when I read is that, you know, a lot of it's geographical, you know, so regional, I should say. The, mm-hmm. you know, in Valparaiso, a smaller town where Indiana has been more open than maybe Illinois, um, his restaurants are actually doing fairly well. They're doing it with fewer people, so it's been really hard on employees. Uh, but in places like Indianapolis or Chicago or bigger metropolitan areas that rely on conventions and things like that, um, they're not doing as well. And they've actually closed yeah. a few of those restaurants permanently. So I'm, I'm just seeing, I'm reading and I'm seeing personally when talking to clients and business owners that this is really an important thing. Um, so I thought I'd kind of go through a checklist of things to consider. All right. So the first thing that I always talk to a client about, and this is part of our agenda, part of our planning process. So, you know, we would have had this conversation in advance of, you know, them talking about retiring, but, you know, are you actually retiring? Um, and I mentioned that because what, you know, if we work on the financial part of it, you know, are you on path for success based on what you need, based on what you have, what you've been contributing you know, making all kinds of assumptions about interest rates and rates of return. You know, are you on track for success? Can you retire? But the, in addition to the financial piece, um, and I'm just going to tease a little because the, the I'm going to do a p- podcast. The next podcast following this will be interviewing a surprise guest where all right. somebody who has actually retired and has struggled a little bit with more of the emotional piece. You know, I've, I have a client who retired several years ago from the um, worked for one of the big phone companies, and he took a job at Bass Pro. Uh, he loves to fish, loves to talk to people about fishing. Oh yeah, he loves to sell. You know, he sells boats. Um, he he spends half of his day, you know, just talking to people about things he loves fishing. You know, and he always says he doesn't need to, but the minute his uh, his boss or something gets ornery with him, he's just going to quit and go somewhere else. Um, <laughs> but that's just one example of. You know, are you actually retiring? And we talked to him about that a lot before he retired. And, you know, in every meeting that we've had since for the past six, seven years, you know, it always comes up. And everyone has a different idea of, you know, what they would like to actually do um, and whether that that thing they want to do can actually give you any income. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping to retire into some sort of boat testing program. <laughs> exactly. That's just me. <laughs> Yeah. No, and I have another client who has gone into home flipping, you know, just buying, rehabbing. And it's kind of like in the dot-com ages a little bit when, you know, people were day trading and, Mm -hmm. you know, when the market was just shooting up, it was kind of hard not to make money. And I think that's been the case in some regions, you know, like you can read that there's exits maybe out of Chicago, but into Northwest Indiana, maybe out of the East Coast, you know, of the United States, but down into Florida. So depending on where you're at, there's a great opportunity for buying and flipping. And he just is a carpenter he, that was never his industry, never his business, but he likes working with his hands. Uh, he likes doing a lot of it himself. He has friends who are tradespeople, so they barter. 
which they re- fully report in case the IRS is listening. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's that that's kind of his thing, and he thought about this well in advance. You know, so I have clients who are golf course rangers. Um, I also have clients who are very focused on philanthropic. You know, I have one in particular who, you know, for the past five years, it's amazing how active he's been with the local Y, with the Boys and Girls Club, uh, the local university foundation. And he really tries to participate in as many of them as possible, not just to be on these boards, but to truly make an impact. Mm -hmm. And he really has made a tremendous impact into all the organizations that he's been involved in. So the first question I always ask, for example, is just, are you really actually retiring? So, you know, Eric, I always envision you, you know, maybe always doing this part-time, but maybe doing something else, you know, the, some of your favorite charities. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'd love to be able to have that flexibility. I think anybody would like to have the flexibility to, you know, whether it's spend more time with their family, travel, but at the same time, travel only lasts for so long. And I can only take families for so much. Right? I think, it's we're all finding out, right? Yeah, exactly. COVID, COVID has taught us a few things, Tim. Uh, but exactly. r- really, I mean, that's uh, there, there's in between times, and, and I think you and I have joked before that we both live in an area where when somebody says, "Yeah, when I retire, I'm just going to play golf." Good luck, <laughs> you know, because right. you got six months to play golf in our area, and after that, you know, or may, maybe eight if you push it, but. Um, what are you going to do the other four months? What are you going to do in between? You know, because again, you can't golf every day. Well, most people can't. Yeah. And then, you know, just my nature is just as a planner. So, you know, to get to this work optional period, to get to this point where you could um, retire early and do nothing if you choose, or, you know, in other words, something that might pay compensate you or or work part-time, we, we always go through this uh, process where we're saying, okay, what's the cash flow gap? Um, so I recently worked with a, a professor, a university professor, and you know, as as you can imagine, the university world has been impacted directly by COVID. But you know, there's been trends in that industry for a long time um, that have really impacted um, the, the financial security, financial safety, you know, uh, of, uh, of these universities. So you've you have a lot of uh, university professors who are retiring, uh, either given options or forced to retire, things like that. So for about two years prior to the point where he retired, we looked at, okay, what are your monthly expenses? You know, what are taxes once you retire? What is possible income streams? You know, do you look at Social Security now or pensions? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you come up with a gap if there is one. So in this case, there was about a 4000 a month gap. And the question then is, okay, can I do something? Can I teach? Can I instruct? You know, can I maybe start going through some of these virtual um, instruction online, th- you know, like through Kaplan, through Purdue University has an amazing mm-hmm. online virtual um, class system or where they offer classes when these, and they pay professors well per class. Um, or, you know, do you volunteer? But Or the other option, what he selected eventually was to really downsize and change his numbers, you know, his expense side, um, so that he could retire and then he would have the flexibility maybe one year, two years out um, to, to do something after mm-hmm. he had time to really like really think about it. So the point, though, is without looking at the cash flow and identifying if there is a gap and then how to address the gap, whether reducing expenses or maybe finding something you could do part time, uh, something that'll pay you, you're not really going to know and that you're going to limit your choices. Yeah. And then part of that time gap, too, is and this is very important age 65 is is critical so when the affordable health care act came in uh 
through the Obama administration that did help and it did allow people to maybe retire prior to 65 when Medicare kicks in. But generally, and this is a general statement, not, you know, it's very regional specific, the policies are expensive, the coverage is not that good, and there's very, very high deductibles. So mm-hmm. it's, still, it's still a big expense. So if you're 62 and you're looking to retire early, that health insurance piece is really important. So I've, you know, in, nor- in like the Midwest, in Northwest Indiana, Chicago, we have a, uh, I work with a number of people who are uh, union, like electricians, carpenters. Uh, fortunately, they have great benefits that will cover the gap before Medicare. Not a lot of other people have that. Um, so a lot of times, for example, we encourage people to, to do something with work where they can get Medicare, you know, medical coverage, or maybe you're, you're earning less, it's not what you want, but if you get the coverage, it's, it, you know, it can be, you know, for married a couple in your 62, it could be 25, 30,000 a year. Mm. So it's, it's worth it to try and maybe find something, even if it's just above part-time that has benefits, um, even, if it, even if it's not paying you what you think you're, you're worth. So it's the kind of thing you need to decide. And oftentimes people then will delay early retirement to maybe 63 and a half where they can get COBRA for 18 months, take them to 65, and then get on Medicare. So mm-hmm. it's just a very complicated, critical piece. And if you're not doing the cash flow or the gap analysis, um, you're really not going to make decisions with your best information. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, this is very individualized. So anybody listening to this, I know that you're going to give some contact information at the end of the podcast, but <clears throat> don't assume that it's you know one size fits all. It's definitely something that you need to have a conversation with a professional. Exactly. You know, and getting back to just briefly the expense side. So way, way, way back when, and I think it was episode 11, Eric, uh, you were with me then. I, I was, I, yeah. I talked about a um, downsizing and, you know, just in general and the checklist we do, because this is a 100% people ask me about this when they're considering retirement, early retirement, et cetera. You know, can I downsize? Can I save money? Will I cut costs? Can I pull cash out? And... I kind of documented the experience that Nancy and I had in episode 11 where my exp- our experience has been similar to everything I've read and everything I've seen with our clients that downsizing generally allows you to doubt, you know, live in smaller space. Um, it generally is not less expensive. You know, in other words, if you're selling and buying, you generally don't pull much money out because the newer, um, newer places you might want to live that are smaller and more, you know, uh, less expensive ongoing are generally newer. But what I do find is that people end up spending less going forward and they're required to do less maintenance. And that's a, that's an important part of the goal. So, you know, if you're looking at downside, check out that podcast and, you know, contact us if you're looking for our checklist because I do think um, we can add some valuable information for that. Absolutely. So other parts of ex- the expense side and understanding your expenses are, will your lifestyle change? Are you looking to travel more? Uh, are you looking to, you know, rent or buy a second home? And, you know, we always recommend people consider testing it out well before they retire. You know, maybe five, six years before you're considering retiring, travel to different places, rent at different locations. You know, don't just retire immediately and then go buy something because it's often hard. Um, do you plan on spending more time with grandchildren? Um, I, have, I have many clients who morphed into caregivers for their grandchildren. 
Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they've morphed into caregivers for their elderly parents. What kind of expenses will you have related to that, too? Is there travel? You know, will you have to uh, cover some of those costs? And another big one is philanthropy. So I have a lot of clients who are very philanthropic, and when they retire and they are suddenly on a uh, fixed income or a set cash flow, they really have to look at all their the charities they contribute to and kind of prioritize and determine what's most important, which ones do I really want to focus on, and which where can I be impactful and maybe um, be more of a minimalist, you know, do, mm-hmm. do fewer things with more impact. So just be honest, have honest discussions, look at your expenses, um, because you can't do a, a gap analysis without really being honest about what you're spending or what you want to be spending. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about the communication. You've said that for, I don't know how many podcasts, but pretty much all of them. Yeah, that's one of your <laughs> yeah. themes is that communication is so incredibly important. Yeah, and then in addition to just the expense side, you know, obviously income is critical, right? So uh, we have elaborate so- software that helps us analyze, you know, when do you take Social Security? And it gets complicated with second marriages and, you know, uh, spouses of different ages. And so there's a lot of analysis that is needed to evaluate that. So typically we'll we'll just have them request the data or we'll help them log on to the Social Security system, download the information, run it through our software, and kind of give them the analysis. Um, like I said about earlier, in the Midwest, we have a lot of, uh, and we work with a fair number of union carpenters, electricians, um, pipe fitters, things like that. They have pensions. So there's a lot of analysis there too because they are super complicated in terms of their options. You know, when do I take it? What, How the formulas work? What I'll tell you kind of as a takeaway for the income plan is that while you're working and getting a salary and taxes are withheld, it, you know, in today's tax structure, the way you report your taxes, there's very little tax planning that is really required. It's pretty straightforward. When you retire and all of a sudden you have Social Security and maybe pensions and you've got IRA withdrawals and possibly a salary and forecasting or preparing like a five and 10 year ta- cash flow and tax plan is critical because it's, you know, it's not what you get, it's what you keep. And mm-hmm. taxes can become a really important piece of it. You know, if we can maybe bring your effective rate, tax rate down from 25 to 15, that's a lot of extra cash flow that, that you can use. And it really becomes important with the change in the tax law that was made last year in 2019 related to inherited IRAs because they changed how and when withdrawals have to be made. And we have probably 50 inherited IRAs that we help manage right now just because, again, we've had clients pass and, we, you know, we've clients with elderly family that we help them with. And it, that becomes a really important part of the tax plan, the cash flow plan. And the, the key, the point takeaway is that you really need to do a lot of analysis because taxes can eat away a lot of it if you don't really plan. Mm, absolutely. And then the final piece of the tax plan or the income plan is I have another number of clients who look to form their own business, become consultants. You know, we're very close to a lot of people in the steel industry. Uh, they still produce a fair amount of the steel in the right at the base of Lake Michigan in Northwest Indiana for the country. And as they retire, they oftentimes have opportunities to be be consultants. Mm. So we we look at tax structure and maybe tax deductible retirement plans, and we we really help them make sure that whatever they're getting, they're keeping and recording and you know reporting to their um, to to the IRS, et cetera. Gotcha. And then the other one too related to that is when you are retired, getting to income and expense 
And this is the final piece to that is debt is debt is really important. So our opinion about mortgage debt, for example, is that historically prior to in the past when it was tax deductible, the interest was it made a lot more sense to have debt, especially in this low interest rate environment, mm -hmm. because you have you had deductions for mortgage interest and property taxes. For most people, those deductions have gone away. So now all of a sudden, without mortgage interest deductible, we're really focusing on uh, helping people or, or recommending people reduce their debt. And in retirement, in a perfect world, and it's not always the case, but in the perfect world, you want no debt at all. So we really want to do a very detailed, thorough evaluation of your mortgage, your car payments, maybe if you had student loans, all that stuff, and really accelerate and create a very proactive plan to get rid of that or pay that down even faster than accumulating an investment portfolio because it's in retirement, it's all about cash flow, mm -hmm. and you don't want mortgage payments if possible because that just means you need to take more money out of your retirement account and pay more taxes. So it's a negative compounding circle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of things. That's something that I think most people don't think about. Oh, I can just continue making these payments, but the tax implications are, are much, much different. Exactly. And then just other side topics are, you know, we talked a little bit about health insurance and, you know, we'll help you evaluate Medicare and Medicare planning and, um, you know, measuring your risk. You know, as, as you've seen last year with the market response to COVID, there's a lot of volatility. In 2008, we had, we experienced that. I thought that was probably the worst, but actually last year was a lot worse. It, it turned out fine, but there's just a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety created. So one of the things we always ask or recommend and help our clients do is evaluate their risk. We use a system called uh, Riskalyze where you take the survey and you kind of identifies how much risk you're willing to take. And it's often pretty interesting when we'll have spouses take them and they always come out totally different, right? I'm sure that wouldn't be the case with you, Eric, but you know, of course not. <laughs> Nancy and I took it. Yeah, we are absolutely different risk tolerant people. So, you know, it's, it's great to have that conversation because you don't want to take too much risk. You want to make sure your risk is measure is meets, you know, uh, in the portfolios, in the plan, meets whatever you're trying to accomplish. So just a few other items on our checklist. And again, feel free to reach out to ask me or to reach out to me. I'll give you my contact information at the end. But, uh, you know, reviewing your professional relationships. You know, you might have been more complicated while you're working, less complicated. So maybe you need a different CPA. Uh, maybe your insurance mm -hmm. coverages need to change. Maybe... You need to update your estate plan, you know, especially if you're considering relocating to a different state. So you want to review your all your professional relationships, your insurance needs. Uh, a lot of times we find that people have moved around from job to job. They maybe have multiple 401k plans, pension, profit sharing, 403b, SEPs, all the different kinds that are out there. So we want to make sure we kind of consolidate that for you so that it's just simpler and easier to, to manage. And so what I was trying to do today in is really kind of go through a checklist or a process that we follow with all of our clients who are considering retiring and then also who are considering in particular retiring early, early meaning, you know, prior to when Medicare and Social Security will kick in. Um, and, and so this, the next podcast, uh, the following this one, the next time I'm going to have a surprise guest. Um, actually, it's going to be my wife, Nancy, because she recently nice. retired from um, as a professor at Valparaiso University. And she has an interesting perspective, I think, uh, that mirrors 
what I get from other clients about um, how to prepare mentally for it. Um, because as you know, I'm a financial planner. I, apparently I didn't help her prepare enough. Um, but it's a work in progress, right? <laughs> so yeah. there you go. All right. Well, no, no, you know, that's going to be te- exciting. Te- well, just one other tease too, is that it also will get to a theme I have in a podcast I did. I think it's podcast number eight, uh, lifelong learning. I, I think this is a very important thing to mm-hmm. consider beyond the financial piece, you know, as you're entering retirement, whether it's early or at normal ages, because I think you have to challenge your brain, talk to people, and that's the key to success. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. All right, Tim, again, great information. I'm really looking forward to having Nancy on the show. Oh, <laughs> that, I've got questions. I, it's going to be interesting. That's all I can say. <laughs> I've got questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that you'll be using your mute button on that side. I'll uh, have for, pre-screen, for pre-screened questions that's for you. Pre- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll submit them and then you can tell me what I can ask and what I can. Exactly. All right, Tim, always a pleasure. Great information. Uh, and I, I love the, res- uh, the reminder at the end about lifelong learning. That was a great podcast. I agree 100%. Uh, again, just remind the audience one more time where they can get a hold of you. Sure. You can call me direct at 219-246-5370 or send me an email anytime at tscanell at hightoweradvisors.com. And we have a series of checklists, white papers, videos, blogs, but in particular as it relates to this retiring early, we've got a great checklist and I'd be glad to send it to you. Absolutely. Wonderful resource. Tim, always a good time. Thank you so much and happy new year. Ah, thank you. And I'm looking forward to 2021. It's got to be better. It's got to be better. <laughs> it's going <laughs> to be better because I get to spend more time with you. Oh, that was so cheesy. But I'm going to leave it in the podcast. <laughs> it's staying right there. There you go. All right. Thank you, Tim. And of course, the last thank you goes to you, listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the WellStream Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, Thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream Podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 